0: One of the things you have to learn about community is respecting the tree for the forest. You are not a forest until you have many trees. And many trees have many different personalities. They have different ways that they learn, that they communicate, that they like to be mentored, they like to congregate. And so the biggest learning curve for me in this, quite frankly, Larry, was how do I navigate all the personalities?
1: Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into
2: today's show. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest, Cheryl Hickerson, is the founder of Females in Finance, a private online membership organization dedicated to fostering the recruitment, training, and advancement of women in a financial service or financial technology role. Females in Finance's membership has grown to more than 3,000 and continues to increase rapidly. Cheryl has dedicated her professional life to promoting better networking and diversity initiatives within her community. I am proud to be a member of Females in Finance as a male ally, and I am a huge supporter of Cheryl and her efforts. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I'm here with my very good friend, Cheryl Hickerson, who's the founder of Females and Finance. Thanks for being here today, Cheryl.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited for you and your success with this podcast. Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you've had a lot of success with your organization, Females in Finance. And I'd like to know, what was the genesis of this? I think it's such a great idea, and I haven't seen an organization like this yet. So what was the genesis of it?
0: Yeah, I'm a professional speaker on social and digital marketing. Financial service organizations would have me come in, talk about ways to amplify thought leadership, and just make professionals such as yourself better. And so I would go to these events and oftentimes I would look out and it was just a a C, middle to older age white men. And I thought, you know, it's just as an indicative of somebody came and asked me about professionals, who would I send them to or... Who would I recommend or why? And so what I did was I actually came back in 2017 and I decided, you know what? I'm going to do a little research now. I'm a creative. I am not a research-oriented person. Anybody who knows me knows that I think big and innovative and disruptive. And so this made me as slow as possible versus as fast as possible, which I'm more in that lane and take some time to research. I interviewed 383 women over the course of 13 months. These were professionals from every area within financial services, really. Everything from CEOs to call directors of organization, FinTech, FinServe. However, they identified for their title from insurance and investments to accounting and actuary and underwriting, estate planning, everything to kind of ask them three main questions with two bonus. The three main questions really were drived around, how did you get here? The big ask, as I like to call it, right. the recruitment process. I also wanted to understand how they were trained. Was it reactive, proactive? A lot of women hold a lot of designations out there. So I was wondering, was it offered? Did you go do that on your own? And then I wanted to look at the advancement. Was it a lateral move because they went from insurance to investments, to financial planning, et cetera? Were they going up a corporate chain, maybe at a Morgan Stanley and Edward Jones, whatever that might look like? Because ultimately, I was really tired of organizations telling us that our retention and attrition rates were horrible. And they've said that year over year over year. And I've been working in financial services for 30 years. Those two bonus questions, though, that I mentioned were really impactful, more than I could have ever determined. Because one of the questions was an intrinsic value. Do you feel successful? It'd be like, Larry, do you feel successful? And that's something that only Larry can feel. I can sit there and think you're successful, but you intrinsically have to feel that. And what I found with the women when I asked that question, the second question was, did you have a male ally somewhere along the process? 100%, 90%, not 75%, 100% of the women who self-identified as successful said they had a male ally somewhere along the line, that male sponsor, that sponsored the room who helped and supported them. So I knew that if I wanted to come out and build a new, unique, better community, the male ally part of this was going to be imperative for our growth. So that's kind of where it started and how it's been coming along.
1: So after that 13 months, you really knew you were on to something there oh. as far as an organization that these women could benefit from, that you could provide resources to, and it would be hugely and well accepted by that group.
0: Yes and no. So at first, the reason why I kind of sit on the fence with that a little bit is because when I first went, I thought, you know, if I could get 200 women together. And I don't know why that was the number. Like I have been asked that in previous podcasts and interviews and on television. And I said, I don't think it's so much that I, I think I just picked a number so that we could use it to sort of gauge ourselves and where we're going. Eight days later, we had 200 women. We have never promoted or boosted a post. We have never gone out and had formal advertising in any of the publications. It has been for the most part, word of mouth. It's kind of how I found you through Twitter, like, oh, you got to know my friend Larry. Well, okay, let me go find Larry. And I really believe that what I tell everyone is a couple of things. One, just because the name of my company is Females in Finance doesn't mean that I say I save dolphins does not mean kill whales. We are an ocean of professional work that needs to be done out there. I just happen to be very interested in this particular vein of our work. I think the other part of it too, though, is recognizing each of the professionals for what they do. So your individual financial planning practice is very important to me to see you be successful, Larry, just as much as it is this professional over here in Idaho who is a risk management specialist because they're providing very succinct resources to their community, whether it's the community at large, they locally and into a national level, which you're very quickly becoming more national. So I think that an organization like mine providing a community allowed subsets of different professionals to sort of cross pollinate that information was unlike anything I'd seen before. And I didn't expect it to take off as big as it did. Mm -hmm. So there was a good problem to have there because I got into activism accidentally. So Francesca Ramsey, I want to make sure she gets her shout out because she calls herself the accidental activist. But to your point, what you just said about the resources, whether you get into activism accidentally or intentionally, there comes a responsibility to provide the resources, the safe the communication, the platform for this. And so now today, yeah, we're just about to crest 3000 members. just two wow. short years later. I know it's crazy.
1: That's such an accomplishment. Why do you think that there hasn't been an organization like this previously? Not at least that I'm aware of and definitely not to the scale and size of females in finance. Why? It seems so natural.
0: It does seem natural at the same time. However, I do believe there was a good set of years there between 80s to 90s, like the working girl kind of movie theater. You're coming in and this female comes in and she takes off and she grows this business and she does great. And I grew up, I got into the profession 1991. So it's been a minute. And I remember walking around in shoulder pads and things like that. I mean, I, it's funny to look back because like I could never wear that today. But I think what happened was as we grew in financial services, number one complaints that I think many of us heard were like conferences were kind of the same. Everything felt the same. It was very vanilla. Like these are actual comments. And the moment that you infuse diversity into that, whether that's through gender, skin color, backgrounds, whatever, all of a sudden became this really dynamic opportunity, right? It's like all of a sudden, like, I didn't know that just learned that. And so that's the exciting part of the work I think that we do at Females in Finance is that we really get to take everybody into consideration. And you're right, the community itself hasn't really existed in the past. I think because I am pretty much hierarchically a flat organization, like between you and me is, is us. I mean, this is right. people can pretty much reach out to me. And that's traditionally what has happened in the past is these organizations have built these membership organizations with all of these laddering, like a local, then a state, and then a this, and it's just too much stuff, get rid of all the fluff, get down to the business. And then you can still be about a heart driven business while making money. And that right. to me was very critical. In this is how do we make professionals, have really good resources, really good communication, but oh, by the way, we're not doing this pro bono. Let's make some money too. Mm -hmm. So it's different, but it's evolved over the years because it didn't start off 100% like this.
1: Yeah. I mean, you took a lot of the bureaucracy out of a lot of what similar organizations have done and are doing in similar veins. And I think you bring up a great point about bringing in people from the outside that aren't normally involved in these conversations. It really changes the conversation, the tone, the dynamic of those events, those conferences and those workshops and those Zoom meetings that we're all on. And having those outside point of views are so helpful. And bringing that back to what you said earlier about the male ally network, which is a component of females in finance. Interesting. I didn't know this point before when you were saying you were doing these questions and every single person, 100% of them had a male sponsor. I'm assuming now that that's really why this male ally network was created in order to fulfill that need. And why do you think it's so important? Why do you think that 100% of these folks or these women said that they had a male sponsor? Why is that so important?
0: Yeah, I believe that It was important, at least based on the conversations that I had, because if you're talking about a traditionally male dominated field, and as I mentioned, I actually took the research that I did and sent it down to North Texas University to a professor there, Professor Monique Gregg. She's a gender equality specialist there, and she sifted through. And again, never my intention to be a research analyst by any means, but I found out that if you take a vein of work like financial services is. The center that I want you to imagine is that core is the male, white professional that we see traditionally in financial service roles. What happens is, is when you actually start adding the layers of the onion of it, and so it might be, let's add female, a black female, a black female who is gay, a black female who's gay and speaks a second language. The further they move out from the core... Then there's less support structure in place, and they fall. There's a fall off. There's an attrition that happens. And so, what I knew I wanted females in finance to be, Larry, was this. Remember, in kindergarten, we were told, "Don't draw the circle around ourselves; draw the right. circle around everybody else." I yep, wanted to reach sure. out and draw that circle around. And what I didn't know until later on was the actual act of putting that circle around and bolstering it. I learned from Glennon Doyle. It's called in architecture; it has a name. It's called sistering you're sistering the walls or you're sistering the support structure to be stronger. And that's what females in finance does. And those men, those male ally network, we call it the man initiative, having them be a part of that makes it such a stronger sistering act. The women though, when I interviewed them said that because financial services was mostly male dominated, especially if you get to the older gals like me who've been around for 30 plus years, We were mostly hired by men, but we had to have men who were really strong and wanted to see feminine talent that held us not only just to the same accountability level, but also understood equity. How do you bring everybody up to the the same level and making certain they have the same opportunities? That I found was more of a traditional answer for some of the seasoned professionals, but the younger individuals that I interviewed or spoke to, and even today as I talk to them, men are recognizing that women just have a natural tendency when it comes to money fostering a better relationship around that. Now, how I correlate that the easiest Larry is that I will look at an organization that's also very female dominated, which is like real estate advisors. Right. Real estate advisors are very aligned to what traditionally is seen in financial services. You have to get, you have to go through a class, you have to get a designation, you have to do all of these things that you an application to continue education, all of a sudden looking at money. But I found it was really interesting that real estate advisors have figured out something very key. Real estate professionals will say overall, if a woman goes into a home and doesn't like it, they're not buying that house. I don't care what's going down. They're going to look at her before they ever look at the man because she's ultimately going to make the decision about how the money is spent. The same happens and is very true in financial services, although I don't think that we have traditionally done a good job. Of reaching out to the women in our meetings overall and historically. And now men are starting to recognize man, when this dude died. She's taking that money and hitting the road and going someplace else. And so we're doing a lot better. I hope to say we're doing a lot better job of fostering that. And it leaks an into organizations and communities like mine because those professionals step up and into those roles quite frequently. So you can kind of see how the male ally network meshes very well with females in finance and what we're doing.
1: Oh, being a member myself, I could see it. It's very well. I mean, I've had a number of great conversations with other members. Some have reached out to me just asking my opinion or Mm -hmm. assistance or things like that. And vice versa, I've reached out to them about certain situations that we're experiencing through our business. And I agree with you. I think that our firm does a better job Mm -hmm. than most with trying to reach out to both spouses and we'll sit in a meeting and talk about financial goals and many times the husband will take over the conversation and we pay attention to the woman in the relationship also and we're watching her face and after he's done we're like do you agree and well yes to this point but this is my view And you could tell a lot of people aren't asking them that question, and they may not be on the same page, and that's fine. But as advisors, we want to know what we can do best to help them both reach their goals, not just one or the other. We want them both to get there and be able to experience that success. Now. You talked a lot about not being a research analyst, and this is something new for you. So I, I would imagine that there are a couple of things that you have learned since establishing Females mm-hmm. for and Finance. What are a couple of things that are immediate takeaways that you're like, you know, over the last three years, these are the top three things that I know I learned as a result of creating this organization?
0: Absolutely. So I call my three C's. So... I had no idea (laughs) to ask that question. You didn't know I had an answer for it. There you go. So the very first thing that I have found is communication. So opening the door to communication, not only just between professionals of different genders or however they self-identify, but across pollinating that across different veins of subject matter expertise. I know there's a lot of female-centric firms or female-centric organizations out there that they will come in. I think that LPL has an amazing one. I think that Raymond James has an amazing one. I think Securities America, I think Bank of America, they have these. But you're only going to be as good as the professionals that are within that. And nothing, nothing could have prepared us for pandemic. I don't care how great of a forecaster you are. There's no way we could have. And during that pandemic, quite honestly, what I saw... Was the communication from our bankers that stepped up and into the role to say, let me show you where to get your PPP money when that became an issue. Let me show you how to apply for a forbearance on a home without it wrecking your credit or doing it right. How do we restructure debt so that we don't have credit card debts when you keep that other income coming in, that discretionary income coming in so they can do investments and insurance and the things that they need to be doing, especially in a time like this. So that communication was very critical. But in order to communicate, you have to have a place of commune. The platform becomes really critical. And so anybody listening, you all can do what I've done with anything you want to do. And if you think you can do it better than I do, go do it because all I want to do is is improve what we're doing out there in financial services.
1: Or they can become a member and help you improve females in finance, right? Yes,
0: they can. But I really encourage that I went into this not knowing. What I was going to do long term, quite frankly, I just knew that I was tired of getting the same old, same old. And I think that was for a lot of people. And so we've evolved over the years. But that place to commune becomes really important. So you might have Slack, but is everybody going to use it? You might have amazing website. Is everybody going to use it? The platforms that they're being trained, psychologically trained to use are social media, they just are. And if you don't believe me, go to Netflix, watch Social sure. Journal. It's extremely real. But you can manipulate that in a good way to provide you with a space that's easy to access, easy to navigate, easy to communicate on. And allows you as the organizer of it, you will, to be able to sit back and see like this breath of, okay, here's the professionals we have. Here's the conversations that's going on. So the communication and the place to commune, because then it's the last one is community. One of the things you have to learn about community is respecting the tree for the forest. You are not a forest until you have many trees. And many trees have many different personalities. They have different ways that they learn, that they communicate that they like to be mentored, they like to congregate. And so the biggest learning curve for me in this, quite frankly, Larry, was how do I navigate all the personalities? And it is kind of true that depending on where the lay of the land is, I love my New Yorkers, you're very like, this is what I want. It's to the point. And then you get to the Midwest like me, and we got to have a little small talk first. And then it's like, this is what we want. So navigating all of that has been the the biggest learning piece. And I'm going to be honest with you too. This has been a personally fulfilling, not just because I feel like I'm living my passion every day, but I actually get to learn from individuals such as yourself. Like selfishly, I love that you do your credit chat, Twitter chat thing. Thank you. I sit and actually watch those when you do them. (laughs) I learn. No, I'm being serious. I totally learn. And so had we not been friends, I would be missing out on a breadth of knowledge Simply because somebody's, you know, what if they hadn't said, you should know my friend Larry.
1: Right, right. And we do the same thing for you and to your organization as we come across females and and women and other men that would be good fits for it. And you, you talk about a lot of great things coming out of this organization that you've created. What's your definition of success for the organization? Is it simply, you mentioned earlier, crossing 3,000? You also just mentioned the learning and the your three Cs. At the end of the day, how are you judging your success of this organization?
0: You know, when I think about the day that I'm not here, there's no more breath on this earth taken from Cheryl Hickerson. What I hope to have accomplished, or at least started, is making financial services one more accessible for everybody in, especially in the United States, because it's where I live, but having a resource there, regardless, meeting you where you're at, because mm-hmm. I think every person should have access to some sort of, whether it's financial literacy or financial planning, financial service orientation that needs to be there. But I think that the way I measure it now is that when people call me up and they say, hey, I was at a meeting today and I heard about females in finance. I do very little actual talking about what I do in that community. I'm blessed to run it. I'm blessed to lead it. But I actually have more fun talking about individuals such as yourself. And when you started your podcast on October 14th, and it was your birthday. and doing, I mean, I know things about you, Larry. Sure. That, to me, is how I measure it. I measure it in where did females in finance, that conversation come up? Because if they're talking about that, then I know that they're hitting my big ones, which were talking about... Female-centric thought leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are big ones, the LGBTQ+, plus, Latinx. These are things that are really warmly discussed in our community, and we're embracing it, and we're helping one another. And I'm really hopeful that an organization like mine really gets that ripple in the pond bigger and bigger so that we know we can actually change financial services and make it better.
1: Sure. I think you're on your way. I don't think you grow from where you were at basically zero to over 3,000 without people talking about it and it having an impact on the community of financial services, Cheryl. I just don't think you do. I think your growth would be a lot slower and steady if it wasn't becoming such a conversation piece within the community. So kudos to you, and I think you're doing a great job. But now I gotta ask you, you know what's the next step for females in finance? You've created this community. I know you're working tirelessly to continue to refine it and grow it. Is there a next step for it?
0: There is a next step. So for the most part, I'm still doing this by myself. I know that sounds crazy when people hear that out loud, but it is true and we're going into 2021 with a sustainability model. We've actually hired a business strategist. That means taking in some sponsorships for organizations that are like-minded that want to see the same kinds of foundational guidelines principles going forward, right? One of the things I'm also working on is I have relationships with five colleges right now, where their finance related majors have a natural stepping stone into our network into our platform. So whether it's the Texas Women's University, or whether it is George Mason, Wayne State, Butler University, etc, their finance related majors, now when they leave school, have a place to go, and be rubbing shoulders with a Larry Sprung, and be like, oh, okay, I know I can learn from them. And keeping them—that's one of our success metrics—is right. are we keeping financial service professionals? Because right now, a lot of times when finance students are leaving, if they are not immediately getting into a role, they have to take a job because the student loans are coming due in six months. And if we are not proactively, as individuals, going out and doing something to help foster a natural networking or community-related. We're losing them to other business majors. And I'm glad to see them employed, but we need them in financial services. Our communities need them. So I think as the next step is really identifying better landing space for whether it's new gen because they're coming out of college, or if we're talking about next gen for those taking over practices, or might be new career because they might be veterans leaving whatnot and giving them a landing space. That would be something I'm hyper-focused on in the next five-year plan I have.
1: I think that's a fantastic next step, quite frankly. I mean, I just had a conversation. You talk about social media. Somebody reached out to me through Twitter. He's living in Florida, working for a firm. Not a great fit for him. Thinking of locating to Denver reaches out to me. I have a conversation with him. And within about two days, I put him in touch with two folks in Denver. One, he had a great conversation with right off the bat. And then the second one happens to run the FPA in Denver. Mm -hmm. And he's going out there for their next conference because of her to go meet with other people and firms that are out there and hopefully get his next opportunity. And he emailed me back, thanking me profusely, wanted to buy me, a, you know, get me a Starbucks card if I drank coffee. And I basically said to him, I said, listen, hold the Starbucks card, what I'd rather you do is put it out there that we helped you and pay it forward to somebody else and encourage other firms like us to help people like you. Because you talk about that building effect where you help other people. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here. If we help this individual, you know what? He may never work for us, may never do business with us, but it adds value. And I think karmically, it ends up coming back to us tenfold in some way, shape or form.
0: It does. It does. And it'll come up in the strangest times when you're not expecting it. Like you'll do this and time will pass. And it's kind of elusive anyway, because of whatever, not pandemic, just life because we're busy. And then right. all of a sudden one day somebody will connect to something else. And you're like, oh, I remember helping them. Mm-hmm. It does. It comes back and it's, it's such a warm feeling. I experience it a
1: lot. <laughs> so do I. And I think that's a great next step because again, there's a reason why our industry is skews older, mm-hmm. skews white male. There's a lot of reasons behind it. But if we're not bringing in young folks into the profession and creating a track and a path for them to stay here, it makes it very difficult and the industry is not going to change. So I think that's an excellent next step for you. And I look forward to seeing it happen. I know it well.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I want to say one thing to that point. For those who listen, who happen to be the more traditional financial service, what it looks like as far as being a middle-aged white male professional, whatever. One of the things that I encourage is it's easy for us to say to individuals, oh, you should be meeting the people who don't look like you and you should be changing up your book of business. And yet we're asking professionals who aren't even armed whether they're supposed to say black or african-american we're not giving them the resources of dialogue of conversation of connection that is what females in finance does and i love nothing more when those professionals reach out to me and they say i'm almost an all-male firm i want to change i want to do better i want to be different how do i do that i can work with that all day larry I All day long, I can work with that. And that's what we are looking for. So I encourage those, even if you don't have diversity represented in your office, it doesn't mean you're not diverse friendly, we just need to help you out whether it's reaching out to Larry, talking to me, whoever, there are the right people to do that work with.
1: I agree with you. That's the only way things are going to change if we start to or try to change it on our own. Amen. And Cheryl, you know, this is the Midland Money Mindset. So we end every show with the same question. We want to know what you did today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success.
0: So as busy as I am, one of the things that I had to do for myself was schedule self-care. I have been very good about taking the top of the morning for me, and I'm a morning person, and using that just for myself and telling my spouse, I love Daryl to pieces, but I tell him, this is my time. Like, you can have the other 23 hours, but this one hour of space. And whether that is, I read books that are encouraging, I read books that have an uplifting story to them, I will sit down and, and I journal. So I have like a 20, 20, and 20. I 20 okay. minutes journal, 20 minutes read, 20 minutes I sit quietly to start my day and practice breathing because I'm a pretty high strung person. But I think that that's the mindset that I have been able to more easily accomplish. I could sit there and say, I want to lose all this weight and do all that This is something I can manage in my day to day.
1: And I think that's a great thing. And if you're trying to work on your breathing, I cannot remember the author at the moment, but there was a great book I just finished this weekend called Breathe. And it is unbelievable what the benefits are from breathing. It blew my mind. It was referred to me by another guest from one of my other shows. And I went out and read it this weekend. And it is fantastic. It really is an eye opener. And now I'm looking to try to implement some of that stuff. So I think that that 2020 really sets you up for success. And it's a great thing. You need that time. I looked
0: that book up and it was because another woman at a conference one time I was getting ready to go. I had to speak in front of 3000 people. It was the largest group I'd ever spoken in front of. And I was not, I don't really get too nervous anymore. Like three and 500 I'm okay with a 3000 is pretty big. And I remember sitting back there and she turned around and she grabbed my hands and she looked me in the eye and she goes, breathe (laughs) in that moment. And it was literally 15 seconds. I'm not kidding. It calmed me and I walked on stage and I felt completely different.
1: And I'm sure you killed it. So Cheryl, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you and learning more about Females in Finance and the Male Ally Network that's akin uh, to it. How do people find you if they're interested in learning more about the organization?
0: Yes, me personally, pretty much anything out there, look for Bionic Socialite, that'll be me. And if you want for Females in Finance, just go to femalesandfinance.com and we're here to great. help. Right.
1: awesome. Thanks for coming and make it a great day. Me too. I want to thank Cheryl for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Cheryl has created a great platform that has seen exponential growth. Females in Finance is becoming the go-to organization for women and men that want to help change the financial services profession. To learn more about Females and Finance, or if you're interested in becoming a member, feel free to visit femalesandfinance.com or follow Cheryl at Bionic Socialite pretty much on every social media platform. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website, or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement.